This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Let's go. Welcome to the juicy, the fucking juicy episode. Not really. Listen, I had a good week. I'm going to brag about it. Deal with it. Turn off now if you don't want to hear me brag about it. Because listen, when I have shit weeks, I come in here and I face the fucking music. I also have two little tidbits of information, personal stuff I'm going to leave the show with. Then we'll recap everything and <clears throat> we'll go we'll go from there. But the, the, the new stuff is, one is kind of a funny thing and the other one's kind of a serious thing. Again, you guys know me. I'm fucking transparent. I don't, I'm not telling you guys to pay me $5 for my picks, $30 a month for my picks and not showing my face and not showing you who I am like some of these other people do. I'm never going to charge you and I'm always going to let you, let you know about the world of Brian. Get personal with it. If you're going to spend a couple hours, I guess, with me a week with multiple podcasts, then who who are you listening to, right? First things first, welcome to MMA Takes Podcast. Uh, great night. Great Saturday night. I enjoyed the fights. I didn't let me actually rate the card here. I forgot to do that. Anything else I, I did. Um, girls are home. I had my girls gone this weekend. They were in Atlanta visiting the in-laws. That sucked. First time being away from the eight-month-old baby. Hated it. Not gonna lie, hated it. Friday night, you know, I tried to go to bed early, couldn't, slept inside. It just, it just, it's not me. I'm a dad. I'm, it's built into me. I got to sleep in, which is cool, but then I woke up with like my body sore because like I slept weird on it, right? Like I'm not used to sleeping nine hours or eight hours or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> first little tidbit of news here. I got an email last week. It says, hey, we work for, well, they didn't tell me who they work for, but they said, we have worked with Bet Online AG, Odd Shark, blah, blah, blah. We're really interested in doing work with you in this podcast. And they had a Spotify link to my podcast. Let me know if you're interested. Blah, blah, blah. I went, oh, shit, okay. And I read it as it was Bet, Bet Online AG, which is a, is a pretty big uh, offshore book that a lot of fighters promote. I went, sweet. Emailed the guy back. I reread the email. They are definitely not Bet Online, uh, Bet Online AG. They just said they represented some clients of Bet Online, Online uh, AG. It was actually BetUs.PA, maybe. I looked it up after I sent my follow-up email. <clears throat> Looks like an offshore book. Pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, basic. What would, would he get? Never heard of him. Warren Sapp. It's like their face. He's like a. They have a picture of him holding a basketball. It's like why did why don't you why don't you opt for the football there, guy? Um, but you know, whatever. Okay. So then the guy emails me back. He goes, Oh, let me, I'm going to give you to my blah, blah, blah. And we'll email you tomorrow. So another guy from this company emails me, he goes, Hey Brian, here's, you know, uh, you know, I got an email from so-and-so saying that you're interested in partnering up with this and being an affiliate marketer. We think that's great. We think you're a perfect fit for redskinsgab.com. It's a real website. And I went, what? And he goes, just let me know. We can Skype. We can signal. We can do whatever you want. We'll talk about it. We'll see what you want from us, blah, blah, blah. So I emailed him back immediately. I was at work when I got this email and I go, um, I said, uh, no, I said, no, no. I said, I'm, uh, I was emailed about bet us. And, uh, the initial pitch was how you represent odd shark before and, and bet online AG and, and these betting websites. And I said, I host a, MMA content podcast that deals with gambling. 
you know, I, I'm not from the DC area. I don't like the Redskins. That's not even their name anymore. I don't know what this website is. I have no idea what you're talking about. So like a full 24 hours goes by before I get a response. And the guy goes, no, no, um, no. Yeah, no, you're wrong. This was the, I got this attached to me. This was, um, this was supposed to be, this is you. We think you're a good fit for redskins.com. And I just go, well, then no, thanks. I'm not interested. And then he followed up, goes, oh, you know what? It was a copy and paste error on my end. I'm sorry. This is about bet us. Can we please Skype? And I'm like, this guy's trying to get me on Skype so bad. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm weary because now they're, they're, they're crossing paths here. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's a website I never heard of. And the, the kicker of this is the funniest thing ever is the very first guy when he was, we were emailing back and forth, he was actually emailing me pretty quickly. His big pitch at the end of every email was, and if you're in the top 20% of affiliate marketers, then we will send you and a guest down to Miami, Florida for our special yearly conference where you get to meet um, Hall of Famer and special speaker, special guest, whatever, Warren Sapp in Miami. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to meet Warren Sapp, but cool. Miami sounds nice, right? But <laughs> all right. So then the second guy who who did the flub, who did the copy and paste error, with the, wanted me to write for redskinsgab.com. Let that sink in. That's a real website. And I correctly told him, no, you had the wrong guy. He told me I was wrong and then eventually said, oh, wait, it was a copy and paste error, whatever. He ended his little thing with the same pitch. And come to Miami if you're in the top 20% and party with Hall of Famer. Warren Sapp. Like Warren Sapp is like, they probably paid this guy a truckload of money because you know he needs the money. I'm thinking maybe a hundred grand to be the face of this company. Uh, this this startup offshore book that I, I believe is in Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, something like that. And uh, I'm like, quit shoving Warren Sapp down my face. I don't care about the guy. I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm not a Warren Sapp fan. Quit shoving it down my face. So I followed up, right? I put my GD, uh, my uh, lawyer hat on, right? I have a certificate as a paralegal. So I put my, I put my wordy, my big boy language hat on. And I typed out this big, long thing about what I expect, what I want. Here it is. You got to get, get it right. Redskins gab. I don't want to see that ever again. If you want me to work for bet, you know, sponsor bet one us or, or whatever you want me to do and, and Hawk, you know, promo codes, whatever. That's cool. I don't, I've never had a promo. I've never had a, a, a sponsor before. I've reached out to some of the bigger guys. I realize I'm not a bigger podcast, so I have no problem working with you guys because this seems like a smaller website, but you know, I don't want any content control, you know, basically just laying down the law. Right. And that was about last Thursday and they haven't, I might've blew the deal if it was a real deal, but listen, man, I was the moral of the story was I was very, and when I say very close, not close at all, but I was very close to meet Warren Sapp guys. Okay. In Miami. All right. I mean, that is who can say that who can say that? Um, so that was something very funny. I, and I got an email today. Uh, it was a record company, Beige Records, saying they like my music on SoundCloud. And they want to sign me to a deal. And I'm like, I didn't email them back, but I'm like, uh, I don't have music on. I have a podcast. What is going? Why is everyone scamming me now? They're trying to scam me. I wasn't born yesterday, boys. Come on. Next thing that we want to this is this is kind of the the spill the tea, the little juicy juice. Listen, if you've been listening for a while, you know I I, I talk about everything in the podcast. 
There's nothing I don't talk about. I literally kind of lost a friendship, a partnership, whatever you want to call with it, because I kind of was unfiltered on the podcast before I addressed it with that person. You know, that's on me, whatever. But this is just how I roll. I get in front of this microphone and I fucking talk. And something happened to me late last week that kind of it was, it was the biggest gut punch I've ever had in my life. So I used to work with this guy. Not only did I used to work with this guy, but I was very good friends with him. Um, we were, we, when I used to work, uh, on a different area of the building, uh, we used to unload trucks, we were partners. So we would see each other every morning and we rotate back and forth and we got to know each other. And I got to know like his stories and personal stuff and yada, yada, yada. And, and, and when it came wedding time and I, before I got married, I mean, I knew him before I was married, <clears throat> I couldn't invite a, a ton of people. My list was very small because the minute we got engaged, my wife's grandmother gave her, said, congratulations, here's a list of everyone you have to invite. And it was fucking 200 something people. Not really, but it felt like we had to keep the number under about 150, 200 because our venue was big, but it was very expensive. And our caterers were really expensive. Our food was incredible. So my in-laws were paying for it. So we couldn't have these crazy 300 people weddings. So I had to really chop down my list. This guy made the cut. That's like how good of a friend I considered him at that point because we were working together and then we started kind of driving together and then he you know he's invited to my diaper party like we used to text all the time I gave him he has two stepkids I gave him a a PS4 for his kids because I wasn't using it like no charge just gave it to him for his kids and stuff because he was like still having like an old like whatever and you know I feel like I have a pretty good judge of character like I, I don't like everyone I meet I feel like I'm a friendly person but if you're in my circle, if you're in the inner workings and, you know, if you're, if you're with me or whatever, and I care about you and I text you and I'll do things for you like that to me, that's something special. I don't just do that for anybody. This guy was kind of right there. Right. And then he switched the nights and I was mourning. So we kind of fell off a little bit. I would still text a little bit, but about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I ran into him at a pizza place. And he had never met my daughter and I had Winnie at the time and um, she was holding on to me. You know, she's like one, one and a half or whatever, barely could walk. And, you know, I run into him. We had a great conversation, but he never even introduced himself, never acknowledged my daughter. He never met her before. This is, you know, and I just was like, you know, when I got in the car after our conversation, I was like, that's kind of fucked up. That kind of bothered me a little bit. Like this is. Like I would, I would tell you about how excited I was to be a father and you came to my diaper party and there's this cute, adorable human being on my arms and you just kind of ignored it. And I'm not saying fucking make a balloon animal like you're some clown, but like be like, oh, hey, cutie, or what's your name or something like that. He just act like I didn't even have her, you know, and and that was that was kind of pissed me off. So I I literally stopped talking to him. I stopped giving him the effort of of texting him and, and trying to be friends or whatever. And then. That was about three years ago. And then I go to work on Thursday in this old Dale house. This, uh, I, that's the only name I'm going to drop on here because, uh, I mean, Dale house needs to shine. You know, the guy's got like 50 jobs. Shout out Dale house. Uh, guy's been at the building since it opened. He came up to me. He's like, Hey, you, you used to work with so-and-so crazy. What happened to him? I was like, what do you mean? What happened to him? Oh yeah. You know, he's got some personal stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think he works here anymore. So then I go the next day, find out. Yeah. He doesn't work there anymore. I was like, fuck, you know what? I wonder what happened. So he had some troubles when he was younger. You know, he had, he had some, some drug problems. I know he used to deal some Coke and, you know, just, just had some issues growing up. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe he got fell back into that. You know, he's married with two stepkids, has a 20 year old son. He's, you know, he's a 40 year old guy. 
And then, and then I, before, and I reached out to his cousin, his cousin. Also, I know he, he works where I work as well. I reached out to him on Facebook and, um, he's like, Hey, he, he's in jail. And I was like, Oh man, I said, and he, he was very, he was beating around the bush about what it was for. So then I thought, okay, maybe he was smacking up his lady, right? You know, him and his, him and his, his, his wife have had some issues. Maybe he was smacking her up and went to jail for that. Just something horrible. That, that's terrible. Right. And then, so I, I kind of pry and I straight up asked, like, what, what do you do? He, he got a year. He's in jail for, he's in jail for a year. So he had to quit his job, which he had worked at for 13 plus years. That job provided him by a house. Right. And then he's really kind of come a long way in his life, considering where he came from in his, in his early thirties or late twenties, early thirties. And, um, he's like, yeah, I can't. And his cousin was like, yeah, I'm not at liberty to say, but you know, just, it, it, it wasn't a good thing. So I do a quick Google search and I found out what he did. And it's, uh, you know, we all, there's so many bad things that happen in the world that obviously you care about all of them, but you can't really like plant your flag and be like, I'm going to stand up for this. Right. Like there's people out there, like I think gun violence and drugs and everything, you know, all that shit is absolutely horrible. Obviously that that's terrible. I'm a huge advocate of cleaning all that shit up. But I, I don't, I can't make a grandstand on that because you just, if you make a grandstand on everything, it, it, it exhausts you, it weighs your energy out, whatever. You know, there are people who are fighting the drug war. There are people who are fighting for, um, you know, the gun violence and everything like that. Th- those are people that are on those front lines. If I had to pick a front line, it would be child sex trafficking pedophilia. And this guy who I considered a friend <clears throat> got put in jail for, sexual exploitation and then a bunch of other things with a girl under the age of 13. And when I read that, it was literally like a gut punch. Never in a million years, I think this guy would be capable of doing that. Never in a million years, I think anybody that was associated with that I considered a friend would would do something like this. And it, I mean, it literally was a complete gut punch. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still a little rattled by it, right? Even though I hadn't talked to this guy in a while and, and we kind of went our separate ways a little bit, I, you know, I, if he called me up like before this happened, I was like, Hey, I got a flat tire. Can you help me? I would have went and helped him. You know, that's the kind of guy, you know, cause I still held him in, in, in some regard. I would ask about him every once in a while. And so hearing about this was like a real, just fucking, I mean, sick to my stomach that I've even cared about this person before. And it, it, it hit me hard. It was it was a tough thing because I never in a million years thought this guy would be capable of doing something like this. And man, it's just, you know, it's one of the more disgusting things ever in the world that there are human beings out there that do this and that, you know, that not only take advantage of a girl under the age of 13. So she could have been 10. She could have been nine. She could have been 12. I don't know how old she was. This guy's 40, right? His stepkids are about that age or even older than her. Like, it's absolutely unexcusable, unforgivable, disgusting behavior. If I ever saw the guy, when he gets out, there's no handshake. There's no greeting. There's probably a spit in the face. Maybe I'll smack him. I don't know. I don't know how I would react. It's, it's foul. Right. And I've experienced this in my life and my family. And when, you know, like when I'm meaning by plant my flag, whenever there's these horrible news stories coming up of, gun violence in different states and mass shootings and everything. Obviously that gets my attention, but my flag is pointed whenever there's like a sex trafficking ring or a child pornography ring or something like that, that has to do with these innocent children getting put through that. And it just, 
that affects their life moving forward. That could ruin their lives. That, that can that scars them for life, and and they have no choice in the matter. And there are people that, and this is a little off topic of what we're talking about this person, but there's people that profit off that, and make a living off child pornography and selling it and repurposing it and and filming it, and 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 then there's all these pedophiles now, and it's so crazy that there's more, and maybe it's just because our technology is advancing and we're catching more now because there's sting operations and there's phone records and there's cameras everywhere, online, everything. Maybe it's just because we're catching more, but I feel like every fucking day there's a new guy popping up getting caught uh, with this shit, and it's so fucking troublesome and bothersome and disgusting, and being a father of two girls, like literally if this ever happened to my daughters, I would be the one sitting in jail because that person would be fucking dead. I'd fucking cut their head off, shove it up their own ass. Like, I'm not even joking. I would fucking kill somebody if they did this to my daughters. So it's just, it really hits different, man. It really hits different for me. And and I can't believe a, fr- a guy who I considered a friend at one point was capable of doing this. And and it's it's horrible. And I know, I know there's going to be fucking... Someone who listens to this goes, well, yeah, you don't know the whole story. There's no, there's no story to be fucking heard. This girl was under the age of 13. You're 40. If she's under, if she's under 20, bud, it's disgusting, right? You know, I know there's guys out there that like younger girls. I know 18 is the legal age of consent, but you're 40 married with kids. You're, if she's younger than your son, bro, like what the fuck? There's no excuse. And especially for how young this girl was, it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely repulsive and I really didn't want to bring the podcast down. I really didn't want to fucking kind of go down this road and then hop back to like my great weekend of winning bets and and hitting some good numbers. But I got to keep it real. I got to tell you what's on my mind. And I was on my mind. You know, I tell you about every little fucking tech thing I buy and I tell you about all these other things. I got to tell you about the major shit like that. I can't keep that to myself. It's something that I'm, You know, like I'm terrified of obviously being a father. It's something that I've, I've lived through in my life with some of my family members. And it's something that, you know, I, I really have my high beams on. And I'm really fucking, uh, you know, alerted to it and just fully disgusted. There's a lot of videos now on YouTube where <clears throat> now how real they are. I don't know. Hopefully. Well, I mean, if you're making fake videos like this, that, that's horrible. But there's, you know, the, they do sting operations where a guy sitting at a park meeting a little boy or meeting a little girl and, and you know, the guy just random people approach him, go, who are you meeting here? And they run away. Like I kind of want to be on the other end of that. I would love that. That would kind of be one of my dream jobs. Besides naming streets, um, which I think would be the best job of ever, just naming streets because his street names are crazy. Naming streets would be my number one dream job. My second number dream job, if the, if it paid well, was to, Sting operation, not be a police officer, but be a part of the pedophile sting operation and catching and torturing these people that do that. That would be my dream job, right? Maybe not murder them, but maybe depending how far they went, how, you know, whatever. But to the line, right? To the line. They're definitely getting their dick and balls cut off. That's 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 right there. One, you're sli- you're getting no slice. You, you fuck around with someone young like this. You pull that pedophile shit with me. Bye bye PP. You know what I mean? Um, but again, like I said, I, I didn't want to bring the podcast down. We're going to get into all the betting stuff and uh, whatnot. But like I said, I just, I, I had to talk about it. It's, it's been bothering me. And um, this is what I do. I come here, I vent. You got to listen to it. So sorry if that bummed you out. If you've had any experience with this, you, you know how disturbing it is and how disgusting it is. And again, it's just something I couldn't hold inside. Okay. So let's kind of reset. Whew. Okay. Everyone ready? Everyone ready to reset? Okay. 
If you want me, I can talk about the new tech I just got. Kind of bore you. Kind of make you fall asleep a little bit, and then we'll pop right back in. Let's get in the betting recap, though. I'm at six and four of my picks. Not terrible. Um, a lot of underdogs I thought would hit did not hit. Let's go to the full-on betting recap. I had a pretty good weekend. So my big bet, again, I was, my bankroll was getting kind of thin there for a while. Um, with all these losing weeks adding up, had a nice winning week. <clears throat> Three units on Makachev Gamrat at minus 170. Nice little hit there. I missed on a 85 unit, or excuse me, $85 parlay with Figgy Johns D-Rod. Johns got scrapped. D-Rod was money line and Figgy was money line. Figgy obviously lost. And then Taha Morozov goes a distance. That hit, but that was a plus 290. But Figgy lost, so that was a wash. Then I had D-Rod. Parsons go the distance. That got washed. Stolfius and Islam Tiago doesn't go the distance. Stolfius lost. And then D-Rod didn't go the distance. So kind of missed on both those parlays. Hit Billy Q for a half unit. Lost on Ruiz for a quarter unit. Hit Anastasito by plus 500 by KOTK. Big hit. And then hit Islam plus 420 by submission. Also had an untracked bet of Islam by submission round four. So your boy's having a good week. Your boy's having a good good weekend, a good bounce back. I, I put it on Twitter. I didn't feel like I got enough love for it. I, I think I deserve my flowers right now. People giving my flowers. I predicted exactly how the main event will go. I told you boys a couple weeks ago, I felt like I was missing a little bit. I felt like I, was, I needed to really dial in. The past two cards have been so fucking dialed in. I took some chances on dogs. I lost. That's going to happen. That's gambling. But I fucking predict it to the round, to the move, how exactly the fight was going to go in the main event. You know what I mean? Like, people picked Islam. Maybe people picked Islam by sub, but I didn't see. And, and too great to be fair, I kind of have a busier week, so I didn't get really listen to anybody else's podcast. Um, but I posted a clip on my Twitter, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. Go look at it literally predicted how it went down. Now, listen, again, I'm going to fucking brag right now, okay? I'm going to shake my shit. I'm going to get a little cocky because guess what? I fucking, when I come on here and I'm losing, and I'm hanging my head, I'm saying I need to get better, blah, blah, blah. And when I get better, you're going to hear about it, all right? You're going to hear about it. I told a guy at work, you know, this, this guy at work, you can't impress him for shit, right? His son want to, if his son, I've told him this before, if his son went to the Olympics, right? Just made the Olympics and got silver, lost by a second. Not good enough. He reminds me of the fucking dad from Blaze of Glory. The, the, um, the, da- the dad who literally adopts the kid, right? John, uh, the guy played in the whole, whoa, what happened? Napoleon Dynamite. He adopts him, becomes a super figure skater, and then gets banned and kicks him out. It's like, I'm not your dad anymore. This is what this guy reminds him. Nothing's good enough for him. And he's like, well, you've had bad weeks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, but I predicted it to the rounds. Okay? In a gambling world, you're going to have ebbs and flows, but I'm dialed the fuck in right now. I'm already I'm already looking at this week's card. You better believe it. We'll break it down at the end of, the, at the end of this, but... I'm dialed the fuck in, boys, okay? Hop on. Hop on. Let's win this money because I'm dialed in. All right, recap. Islam versus Tiago Moises. Islam Makachev looked great. Boy, he got a five, and guess what? Tiago got a one. Here's my biggest problem. Tiago, American top team. I said on the podcast, I feel like American top team is going to be a little like, hey, we got to figure out this Russian 
wrestling style. Islam is very similar to Khabib. Our guy, Dustin, failed to Khabib. You know, Tiago's good on the ground. Let's figure this out. And, and again, I'm not going to blame American top team coach. I'm blaming Tiago. Tiago came out and looked scared, would not engage, um, grappled, initially the grappling a lot, and just got dominated, never really had control, landed a couple takes on Islam, immediately got reversed, and just got out class on the ground, got out class on the feet. Like, he landed some good shots on Makachev, but he just stared at him, just stared at him with the back against the fence. If you're fighting a guy like Islam Makachev, you're fighting a guy like Khabib, you're fighting any of these fucking Russian guys, the first thing you want to do is not put your fucking back on that fence. Because that's how they like to get you down, right? It's it's crazy me the way he fought. I hated his game plan. I hated his demeanor. He looked scared in there. He looked like the minute they grappled, the minute they started striking, the minute he started feeling Islam's timing and then felt his strength and felt his positioning, Tiago just gave up. Tiago's like, fuck, dude, this guy's way better than I thought. He quit. I, you can see in his eyes that he kind of quit. I hated that. Islam gets a five. I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? I'm a five-star man! I'm not the biggest Islam fan. And a lot of people have shitted on him because I think the reason is I'm going to go ahead and get into the MMA mind psyche. We had Khabib for many years, right? And Khabib retired and we all were kind of excited to who else is going to be at 55. We have Charles at the champion. You got Poirier. who's already had a shot at Khabib. We'll never be able to beat Khabib. You got Michael Chandler. You got all these guys at the Hebrew. You got Gaethje. You got Bilal, uh, Benil Daryush. You got all these guys up there, all this new blood, all this new style, and maybe all those guys, you know, like Pore matches better up with this part. You know, the title could bounce around a little bit. It's not this dominant champion like Khabib, which a lot of people love. Islam Makachev doesn't have the personality of Khabib. Khabib had that special kind of it thing. He was very funny, very good. But Islam is better striking for sure. And Islam, I think, is a better submission artist than Khabib as well, even though Khabib start submitting guys at the end of his career, he really just want the fucking smash dudes, right? Islam isn't the most active guy in, in on, on top, but his striking looked clean to me. His, his southpaw stance looked good. His, his movement looked good, and and he, he he's going to the ground. He's hunting for submissions. Like Khabib being the coach and Khabib saying, none of these guys want to fight you, right? You got to finish. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of fans are against this and thinking he's overrated. Oh, he's just Khabib's boy. That No, he is Khabib's boy. And he's definitely not Khabib, right? Khabib was more athletic, more explosive. However, this dude could win the title next week if he fought Charles. You know what I mean? This guy's a fucking problem. And people aren't giving him his flowers. They're not giving him enough credit because... He's just like Khabib. And I think people are a little tired of that style, right? They're a little tired of trying to figure out who can beat this style because it's such a tough, tough style to do. Islam did not slow down one iota. That was the big thing coming in here. Oh, he's got a huge weight cut. He's a big 55er. Can he go five rounds? He went four rounds and fucking, you know, wasn't even barely even sweat, didn't even blink, right? Um, the guy's a real fucking deal. Tiago Moises, obviously, I think the guy is fringe. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I've won some money off him. I think he's getting better. But, you know, this isn't a top three guy. This isn't a top five guy. I think Islam, you know, he called out Michael Chandler. He called out a bunch of people. I think Tony Ferguson would be a fun fight because we never got Tony Ferguson and Khabib. This is the best we're going to get, right? And he's kind of called out Tony and want to fuck Tony up. Um, I think Islam destroys Tony. Tony's a little older. I, I don't know if Tony would take that fight. 
Michael Chandler fight's interesting. I think Chandler should fight Gaethje, though. But that's an interesting fight. But Islam's right there, guys. Don't get, don't, don't get it twisted. This dude's right fucking there. Eight-fight win streak. Two back-to-back or maybe three finishes in a row. Um, he's a problem, right? And I think people need to start realizing that instead of hating on him and saying, oh, he's Khabib's boy. I get it. He's getting huge numbers. That, you know, right now, I think it may be a little unjustified. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a five-star performance. I thought he looked great. Um, and it, it, it has nothing to do with the fact that I predicted the exact way the fight would go down, the exact round and the exact submission. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. I mean, just take a... This is a very... This, just picture... You know, um, fucking, I almost said Donald Duck. It's not Kermit the Frog drinking his tea, right? I'm just drinking my tea. Minding my business. Misha Tate versus Mary Renault. Awesome performance by Misha Tate. She got a four. Renault got a two. Almost got a one, but you know what? Renault showed up. She showed out. She didn't quit. This was her last fight. She could have rolled over. Everything was set up for Misha Tate to win here. Renault's like 44 years old. She didn't roll over. She eventually did. Misha Tate broke her down. First round, second round were competitive. And then Renault just kind of got broken down. Misha Tate looked in the best shape of her career. Her striking looked better. Um, her striking always very plodding and just kind of stiff. And it still kind of was that, but her footwork looked a little improved. Her aggression looked improved. Um, Misha's always been able to take it. She took some big shots, and Misha added some new wrinkles to her game, but throwing a little bit more kicks. But her, her, her ground and pound, her wrestling, her submissions, that's her bread and butter. When she got the fight to the ground, she's still a beast. Loved her post-fight. You know, I'm here for the belt. I think when you're away for so many years, I think you got to kind of maybe fight a little bit more, right? Maybe two or three, and then, and then you're right there. I think you fight Nunez. You get fucked up right now, but Nunez might not be long for 35. Nunez, you know, from everything I hear, she's not too excited to cut the 35 anymore. So this might be her last one at 35 against Pena. And if Pena wins or if, if Amanda goes, okay, I'm done at 35. I'm staying at 45 permanently. Misha Tate used to train with Pena. They, she coached on the ultimate fighter. That'd be a, a nice little fight for the title. That'd be kind of built in there. But I think Misha looked great physically. Uh, her striking, which has never been super involved, looked good. She's obviously been training hard. Her cardio was fantastic. Her wrestling was there. Ground and pound submission. Everything looked great. It, it looked great. That's a four-star performance. I'm tripping trip, 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 trip over my words. All right, next up, Martus Gamrot versus Jeremy Steven. Boys, mortal lock hit. What a performance by Gamrot. I mean, listen. I had him all the way. I saw some people picking Jeremy Stevens. You know, I get it. Um, you know, Jeremy Stevens, Jeremy Stevens hasn't won a fight since 2018. Excuse me, 2008, 2018. I mean, listen, he's got knockout by Aldo, decision by Zabib, uh, no contest against Yair, went and fought Yair, got dropped a bunch of times, got knocked out by Calvin Catered, and then now Matus Gamrot. Um, this guy's never been a guy to, you know, put on these huge winning streaks or whatever at 145. I mean, he's got a knockout over Josh Emmett, which is probably his best win over, over the past year. He's got a win over Gilbert Melendez too, but going up to 55 was, uh, you know, or going to 45, now back at the 55 was very interesting. He's been at 45 for a hell of a lot longer time. I'm trying to figure out when the last time he got submitted was. Okay. So the last time Jeremy Stevens got submitted was back in 2009 by Joe Lowe's on by armbar. And not only did Matus Gamrot, who got five stars from me, Jeremy Stevens got a one because Jeremy Stevens has had this 30-something MMA or 30-something UFC fights, and he still can't figure out how to fucking take, uh, stop a takedown. Matus Gamrot comes out there, takes this dude down, and rips his fucking arm off. 
So not only is it impressed that he that he tapped Jeremy Stevens since Jeremy Stevens hasn't been submitted since two thousand fucking nine, but he did it with a submission that a lot of people. I mean, you don't see Kamoras all that often. There's there's escapes, there's defenses, there's you know whatever you can fight it. Man, Matus Gamrot wasn't letting fucking go of that arm. He was taking that fucking shoulder and arm home with him. Jeremy tapped. Fantastic performance. Obviously, I want to see more Gamrot. He knocked out Holtzman last time. Dropped his debut in a very close fight. Just some, uh, submitted Jeremy Stevens. They got a winner in American Top Team. This kid was big outside of um, outside the UFC. He looked good. Everyone was hyped up on him. Came in the UFC undefeated. I like what I see. He was my mortal lock. He hit it. Him and uh, Makachev. I went very chalky on that two spot. But uh, you know what I mean? That's what that's what I'm calling uh, a two-fight parlay, by the way. I see people calling it two-leggers. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm calling it a two-spot. That's what I. That's a working title. It's a working title. If you have anything better, let me know. I don't like two-leggers. It's a two-spot. Um, but Gamrot was obviously in that two-spot with me and uh, and Makachev, and he, and he cleaned up. And uh, an, an incredible performance. He looked fucking good. What, what, what can you hate about it, right? He went out there. He took the guy down who's always been taken down. Take the fight out of his hands and and fucking and take his arm home with them. It was impressive. I like to see Gamrod at 55 go against a lot of people, right? I think this guy's going to be ranked soon. Um, and matchups at 55, I mean, they, you know, they're not easy. And there's a lot of motherfuckers out there. And I'm excited to see it. All right, Rodolfo Vieira versus and Stolfis. This fight surprised me a little bit. So I got this fight wrong. Rodolfo Vieira. Decided to get a little bit of cardio. Decided to learn a little striking. I thought he looked good on the feet. You know, his pu- his punches were a little pushy. He obviously trained a really good combination. That one-two, his jab was nice. He busted Stolfus up with the jab. But his movement was good. His foot movement, his head movement was really good. Stolfus isn't uh, the best striker in the world, but they were slugging down on the feet. And Rivera would end the rounds with some takedowns. In that third round, you know, he still had cardio. And, and they were really, the announcers and... I guess in the fighter meeting, they're really bringing up the mental side of his because he saw a psychiatrist and he was embarrassed by getting choked out by Fluffy and I kind of railed on him a little bit. I picked Stolfus to win this fight. I had him in a parlay, but Rivera, if, if he comes out there and he, and he just keeps his mind sharp, doesn't get all crazy, he's one of the best in the world on the ground, right? That's what he's got to remember. And he took that fucking back and he choked out Stolfus or Stolfus is how uh, Anik was pronouncing it. He took that back so fucking quick. I mean, he, he truly did and, and, and had that choke and it was a wrap, right? He was tapping before he hit the ground and then when he hit the ground, he was out, right? It was impressive performance by Rivera. I think it was 1-1 going into the third. I think Stolfitz could have maybe snuck around in there because it was striking based. Um, they were close, right? But Vieira, again, went out there and struck and, and looked pretty good. I think he's got to be careful doing that with someone way more high level. But it showed that he can strike a little bit. He doesn't have to rush for a takedown. Like, go out there and be confident in your hands, and then when you get someone open it up, because they're going to have to defend your jab and your right hand, then you can take them down. Vera got a three and Stofus got a two. I mean, it was it was a solid performance all around. Not the most high-level fight in the world. Not the most, you know, engaging fight. A fight I didn't really like on paper, but I was I was, I was was entertained by it. Speaking of that fight at night, Billy Q versus Gabriel Benitez. This fight really fucked me. So I had a parlay. I don't know if I read it off or it was untracked. Everything hit. It was a... It was a um, it was like a plus 300 parlay. I think I put 40 bucks on it. Everything hit but this. Billy Q, Gabriel Benitez is going the decision, going the distance. I don't know why they stopped this. Billy Q was hitting him from, he had his back, body triangle, 
And Benitez's eye was fucked, but he was hitting him off his back with like rabbit punches like this, right? On the sides of his head. And Benitez was trying to move, trying to move, and the ref stopped it, right? I know the I know the doctor said, hey, keep a close eye on that thing, but what are you doing? There's like 30 seconds left. Let the guy finish, right? I mean, punches from back control, how many fucking when when you're not flattened out, how many times do people get TKO from punches from back control? I was so close from hitting that parlay, and it, it really pissed me off. I hit Billy Q straight up as an underdog. He dominated this fight, surprised he's an underdog, got clipped, got dropped. It was a four-star performance. He's my underdog lock. Check it, hit it, let go. Gabriel Mendez, I don't know why Vegas gave him so much love, and they really, you know, kind of hyped this guy up. I mean, he just came off a knockout win over Justin James. I mean, what? Like, I, I didn't understand it. I think a lot of the MMA cappers didn't understand it, and... A lot of people cashed out. Vegas lost money on this fight, for sure. I mean, I saw a couple people picking Benitez, but only fucking dum-dums. Billy Q, again, I broke this fight down pretty good. My uh, Timbo gave me my flowers via text. Billy Q is just going to put a pressure, right? Eventually get him down, overwhelm him, drop Benitez in that first round, almost put him out, uh, cut him up real bad. Second round, same thing. Just Billy Q looked tired, but he just has those extra gears. He wore out Benitez and eventually got takedowns, controlled him, got the back a bunch of times, and obviously finished it, even though I think it was a bullshit finish. It is what it is, and uh, Billy Q looks good, man. This guy's got confidence. He's 16-3. and You know, he has a loss to Gavin Tucker. I mean, Gavin Tucker's a legit guy. I think this Billy Q just needs to stay a little more active now. Uh, He was super active, took some time off. Now he's going on honeymoon. i like to see him fight once again before the year is up. I think it would be good, and I think a really... Uh, a named opponent would be interesting at 145 as well. I think this kid's this kid's good. He's durable. He's tough. His striking's come a long way, and his and he's just intensity and his cardio and everything just is it's on point. Uh, Benitez got a three. I got a three for Benitez if if I didn't say that because um, of his toughness. Like he didn't give up. He could have quit when the eye thing happened. He could have you know threw in the towel. His eye was fucked, but he didn't. He was bummed when they stopped the fight. You know he's like, oh, you know, let me go out of my shield. Let me at least get to the cards. You know what I mean? I don't want a TKO on my record. Let me get to my cards, but you know, is what it is. I guess you know the air on the side of safety or whatever the bullshit. D Rod versus Preston Parsons. Um, great fight for D Rod. I gave him a three, initially a four, but Preston Parsons isn't this this world beater. I gave Preston Parsons a two. Not really sure why. Maybe because he took the fight on short notice and and came in kind of game or whatever. But he got his fucking head bouncing around. I mean, Dan Rodriguez. A guy who I didn't really think had the biggest power in the world. I thought he had really good striking, and I, I just didn't think his power was. But he looked clean, technical, precise, accurate. He put his left hand on Parsons' chin any time, in any chance he got. Going to Syndicate, training with those animals down there, like Chris Curtis and all those fucking beasts at Syndicate MMA. You got John Wood as your head coach. Um, his striking looked really good, and and that's a testament to having really good partners. You can be at your local gym and knock around heads all you want. You can a guy can come in the door, you can beat him up. That's not a training camp. You got to go and you got to get pushed. And Dan Rodriguez is in a room full of fucking killers, and he looked like it. His his sharpness, his accuracy was crazy. I mean, Preston took this fight on short notice. There was a submission threat there. He obviously went for some takedowns. Dan Rodriguez stopped him. D Rod stopped him every single time, and uh, his striking looked really good. This is an interesting guy. He's fifteen and two. That's a three-star performance. Would have been a four-star, but, you know, Preston Parsons, newcomer, you know, 9-3 and three or 9-4, and four, whatever his record was, and it is what it is. All right, speaking of that, Mendel Lemos versus Montserrat Ruiz. Lemos got a four. Ruiz got a one. Listen, before you get all upset, thinking Lemos should have got a five. I disagree 
with the stoppage. Let me tell you something. You're suspect. It's sussy all around. I had Ruiz at a plus 400 underdog. I, I am intrigued by her style. The head and arm thing. Lemos is a complete badass, right? I think I said it on a podcast. I just, I can't pass up a, a four to one number on a female fighter that has that weird thing about it, right? But Lemos is a fucking sharpshooter. She cracked Ruiz dead on the chin, dropped her. Reese flopped her back and then popped right up. Yes, she was like wobbly, but she could have went for some takedowns. I thought it was premature, right? Would it have changed anything? Probably not. I'm not arguing that. But the ref stepped in a little bit early. I think he did because it's a female fight. I don't want to be a feminist. But I feel like if a dude got dropped like that, they probably wouldn't have stepped in. She was popped immediately up on wobbly legs. But we've seen people recover for more. And again, she was probably going to be hunting for takedowns, hunting for legs, whatever. That's where she wanted to get the fight anyway. Maybe not. Maybe the ref saved her an ass kicking. But I can't give someone a five if I disagree with the stoppage. My bad. Okay. My bad. All right. Next up, uh, Sergey Morozov versus Khalid Taha. Morozov got a three. Taha got a two. I, you know, Sergey, I, I, I think I was just a little bitter because I, I, I didn't have Taha straight. I had him. Uh, this fight to go to decision, so I hit that, but it, w- it was a bus parlay. Taha, I read the fight wrong, so I was bitter about that, right? Morozov is, you know, he lost his UFC debut against Nurmagomedov, got choked out. I didn't think his grappling was as good as, as, as it, it was shown outside the UFC. I thought Taha would have some better takedown defense, some better get-up game. Obviously, try to keep the fight on his feet. That did not happen. Morozov was all over him. Didn't give him a break, wore him down, and just and just smothered him and, and did what he did. That flag, right? Remember, uh, you know, if you're an old school MMA fan, you remember this. When Michael Bisming came into the UFC, the England invasion started happening. Bisming, I mean, we had some, we, we, Ian Freeman fought earlier, but England, you know, they had their own thing going on, and then we, we slowly started getting a lot of English fighters, and their whole big English thing was the Europeans don't know how to wrestle, right? The Europeans don't know how to wrestle. And then in Pride, you had Fedor, you had his brother, but they, you know, Fedor, they're both were Sambo champions, but they weren't like wrestling like Khabib, you know, they were more knocking people out. Fedor had some good arm bars, you know, he avoided some submissions against uh, Big Nog, but I mean, it was kind of different. But we always would say Europeans, they don't know how to wrestle like Americans. Well, now these guys from Kazakhstan, anything that ends in a stand and they got that turquoise flag, these motherfuckers can wrestle now. They can grapple, right? And they're, again, excuse me if I'm ignorant here, but, you know, they're, they're below Russia. I believe Russia is considered uh, European, at least, you know, some parts of Russia. It's a giant country. Maybe some of them are considered the, the, the Middle East. I don't know. But whatever, whatever they're considered, these boys, I know, I know Iran is in the Middle East and those boys know how to wrestle, but we don't really have many Iranian fighters. But if you come from Kyrgyzstan, Kaka, Kaka, you know, uh, Kajikistan, whatever stand in Russia, you're fucking wrestling. And it's scary. And, and Timbo said as well, I think he had Taha and his uh, DraftKings. And the minute Morozo was back there with that, that, that the flag, he goes, I don't like that flag, man. Because that flag, you know those boys are going to take it down and wrestle. And listen, Sergey looked good. One-on-one UFC. Showed some good English, which I like. You know, showed some good personality. At 135, he could be a handful. I don't know. You know, striking, I think, needs to come a long way a little bit. He's a little wild on the striking. If you, he meets somebody that can really stop his takedowns, it's going to be a problem because the striking is wild. He did get tagged a few times against Taha, but he took it well. But in uh, a submission game, isn't world-class as well. I mean, if you're if you're taking a guy down, you're smothering him like that. I like to see a little bit of submission. 
All right, the biggest upset of the night, Malcolm Gordon versus Francisco Figueroa. Fight I didn't see happening uh, like this. Figueroa got a one and Malcolm Gordon a two. Close fight. Malcolm Gordon, you know, I had it 1-1 going to third. Malcolm Gordon pulled it out. He needed to. Just kind of boring. They, you know, Malcolm laid on him and, and went for really sloppy takedowns. And Francisco just kind of stayed on the outside and was throwing a left hand, but not nearly active enough and, and, and stopped some takedowns and then gave up some crucial ones and reversed in the ground. I just felt like he was kind of in slow motion. Like he didn't feel urgency. I don't know what his corner was telling him because believe it or not, I don't speak Portuguese, but you got to imagine his corner would be like, listen, you got to go out there and you got to fucking put this guy away. You got to go out there and make a stamp on this round. But they were like, Hey, you're up too, man. I don't know what they said. They were like, if you're up to, you know what I mean? I just, it could have been bad cornering fights because that third round he showed no urgency. He just showed lackos to go lackos, lackical. Fuck, I can't say the word. He showed no effort. All right, let's simplify it because I can't talk. Uh, fuck Francisco Figueroa, younger brother of Devison, trash. Malcolm Gordon, trash. But at least he gets to stay around. Canadians, they, they seem to like this guy. They rally behind him. I, I don't know. I think he's going to get his head beat in at 125, but we'll see. All right. First fight of the night, Rodrigo Nascimento versus Alan Badot. Had this as my send him home. Hit the plus 500 prop. Everyone was hitting Nascimento by submission. I had that literally ready to bet. Changed it last second. I thought Badot was going to come out kind of the way he did, and I thought the KO was going to happen in the first round, though. I thought Nascimento, who counters well, who hits pretty hard, Badot is, is trash, like I said, but he came out first round aggressive. Came out first round Looking to fucking put Nascimento away. Gassed out in the second round and got put away himself. So I hit plus 500 on that. Ain't mad about it. Is that good? Is that good if you hit a plus 500? I don't know. All right. So that's the end of the betting recap. Final things before we get started or before we go here. We're at 45 minutes. Want to keep this under an hour. So I had written down here in my notes, Connors, fans, and excuses rants. I'm going to be quick on this, right? Because I had a whole thing prepared, but I really don't want to talk about Connor every podcast. What I'm seeing is there's a clear divide because Connor has a documentary series filmed by Netflix coming out. And apparently it shows the stress factors in his, in his shin and his ankle and his leg. And, and listen, People were disputing that. Bloody elbows tweeting out saying their doctors looked at the x-ray. There was no stress. It's fucking stupid, right? Here's here. The guy had an injury coming in. Everyone knows that. So Connor fans are latching onto that. I'm a Connor fan. I'm a Connor nut hugger, right? Nut rider, whatever you want to call it. But I'm not necessarily latching onto that because he was like coming out kicking or whatever like that. And that's the other issue. It was like, why was he kicking? What an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. If his leg was fucked up, why is he kicking? Point of, the point of the story is, is you got to give Connor a little bit of par- props because when Anderson broke his leg, crying, stretch it out. When Weidman broke his leg, crying, stretch it out. Connor breaks his leg, does his interview. Like that's next level toughness. That's next level salesmanship awareness. That's some tough shit. The guy snapped his tibia and it's, it got wheeled out on a stretcher and was still willing to do the interview with Rogan. It's pretty wild. Um, so I, again, I'm not going to go crazy about it. I'm not going to go all these excuses, but if you don't think Connor deserves a four fight report, I mean, you're crazy, right? You're absolutely crazy. I'm not going to sit here and say Connor deserves a title shot. Now it's going to get interesting because Connor's not going to be back for a while 
People think he's going to be back like a year from now. I don't think so. Like if next December he comes back, like 2022 December, I'd, I you know, that that would probably be the time frame because it takes a while for this thing to heal. You got to get the bone strengthened. Then you got to train on it. Then you got to be willing to kick it. And then that's like a mental thing. You got to get over that fucking mental hump. If Poirier is somehow champion still, because he's going to fight Oliveira, then he's got to defend it at least once or twice before Connor comes back. If Poirier's champion and then he fights Connor, I mean, that, that, that's the only thing that makes sense. I know people are going to go up in arms about it. I don't think Connor's in the title picture. However, he 100%, and we all deserve to see it, um, a uh, four fight with Poirier. If you, if, if you think otherwise, you're crazy. All right, let's go recap this weekend. A little bit of announcement before I get to the card. I want you guys to play a little guessing game. I want you guys to talk about it. I want you guys to guess around a little bit, figure out what, what it is. So you guys know, if you've been listening, I have, a, I have a guys list, right? Guys that I bleed for, guys that I love. I just had one with Conor McGregor. You know, that's my guy, Darren Till, Kamar Usman, Don Maj, Sadiq Yusuf. Um, these are my guys, right? I, I'm probably missing a few BJ Penn, Rich Franklin. I'll bleed. I'll fight Sugar Sean O'Malley. I'll fight for these guys no matter what. I'm biased towards them. I always announce it before I pick their fights. But these are my guys. It's been a little bit since I've added a new guy to the list. When I was diving into this card last week, I kind of dove into a certain fighter, did the socials, did the interviews, was watching him. It's a him. And was like, shit. And then obviously his skills as well. I've obviously paid attention to him before this, but I'm like, fuck, I think I, I think I'm on to this guy. I think I like this guy. His skill his swag, everything, I'm on him. So I will tell you, if you're listening, play a little game. If you can guess it, I'll send you something. I don't know. DM me on Twitter, Instagram, if you can guess who it is. One guess, I'll send you something. I told the boys today, if they guessed it, I'll send them a video of me slapping myself in the face. I'll do that. And I'm talking a fucking slap. It's not either of the main event fighters, right? And it's, and it's a male, so it's not Macy or Miranda, which I love both those chicks. And it's not obviously, obviously Aspen or, or Macy Chazan. It's not Sanhagen. It's not Dillashaw. So I, I just eliminate six fighters for you right there. It's one fighter that I think is a complete fucking stud that is officially going to be uh, my guy. I was going to wait till after this fight, but I'm like, no, we're going before. I'll make the announcement on the pick this week. I'm going to do a little, probably a show of it because that's what I am. But, uh, yeah, so I just want to kind of tease that. You know, they call that a little bit of a tease in the biz. But San Hagen Dillashaw, what a fucking man event. Unbelievable. I'm so glad they rebooked this fight. I have so many questions with Dillashaw. He looks to me in phenomenal shape. EPO is very, very hard to detect. There's a lot of theories in my head that he went back to taking it and said, fuck it. I'm going to be more careful this time. Maybe he's off the sauce. Maybe he's not. Sanhagen's an absolute stud. You know, he got manhandled on the ground by um, Aljamain. That was a big concern. Sanhagen's wrestling is his biggest issue. He gives up takedowns really easily. Dillashaw, very good on the ground. I wouldn't say he's a submission killer like Dillashaw. He does have some submissions on his record. He's more of, if I take you down, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't know if his pride will let him do that. Um, he didn't take Cody down. He didn't really, I mean, Henry, I don't think he'd be able to take down. And it was so quick, but he might come out and, and want to stand up with Stan Hagen. However, Cor- or TJ has said that when he sparred Corey in the past, Corey gave him fits. 
So this could be wrestler Dillashaw. I think TJ Dillashaw as alpha as he is, because if you ever watch training footage of how he blows his top and et cetera, et cetera, as alpha as he is, I think he's a still a smart fighter. And I think the path to victory here is to wrestle Sanhagen. Sanhagen has to know that. His striking's on the next level. I would love to see a striking match, but I think it's going to be a complete MMA fight. I am so excited for this fight. One of the more fights I've been looking forward to for a while. Aspen Ladd and Macy Shazan, co-main event. I've never been in love with Aspen Ladd. You know, I just remember her getting knocked out by Jermaine Duranamy. Macy coming out the own fighter. Uh, you know, she looked good. She's had some hiccups. She hasn't really fought top competition. Basically, they're trying to find a next contender at 135. So I get it. I, it's a showcase fight. I like it. Just not in love with either girl right now. We'll see. It's an interesting fight. Kyler Phillips was Ryan, uh, Ryan Loon Paiva. Awesome fight. Interesting fight at 135. I looked at the line today. This line seemed a little kind of wacky to me because Paiva is an absolute stud. Dropped his first two by some weird circumstances. Got a bogus split decision loss against Kaikara. And then that cut against Bontarine has rebounded well. Hasn't fought a you know, ton of competition. Phillips is ranked now. Just beat Song Dong. Solid win. Interesting fight. Glad they put that on the main card. Daniel Elkins versus Derek Minor. You know, we'll break it down on Thursday. Don't got much to say about that fight. Macy Barber versus Miranda Mavic. Don't love the matchmaking, if I'm being honest with you. I think both these girls are stars at 125. Macy coming off a loss. Miranda, you know, is a stud. And, and Macy was the future. And they're kind of pairing them together. They have the same exact record. I think Miranda has one more win than her. But... Kind of a weird pairing. I know there's not a ton of girls at 125, and maybe this is like a whoever wins immediately gets the next title shot. Um, I think if Miranda goes out there and looks good, she definitely deserves it. I think Macy might need to win one more, but kind of weird f- for this this matchmaking to me because I feel like they you would want to keep them separate until they reach the title. And but maybe the UFC is like, let's just see which one's what. Who are we going to put our, our marketing dollars behind? You know, I, I don't know. Mickey Gall versus Jordan Williams, meh, well, whatever. You know, not a Mickey Gall guy. Very big mouth, very little skill. You know, talked about greatest jiu jitsu is he gets taken down. He's fucking, he just, you know, bro, you beat CM Punk, right? You're in the UFC because you beat CM Punk, right? Congratulations. You beat Sage Norcut. Cool. Right? You know what I mean? Still one of the coolest walkouts I've ever seen when he came out. I was there when he fought CM Punk, came out to Mickey, you were so fine. Cool walkout. Jordan Williams coming to 170. There's rumors that he would never be able to make 170 because of the diabetes. He always fought at 85, undersized. Now he's at 70. Something to keep an eye on, see if this fight even happens because Jordan Williams, you know, diabetes is something to fuck around with. And obviously he's doing it smart. He's doing it the right way. He's probably got the PI behind him. And But weight cuts can, can go fucking weary. They can go wrong. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a little... Uh, I'm no doctor, and I'm not related to Joey Williams, but I'm a little nervous about that one. All right, Pariano Soriano. Soriano versus Brandon Allen. Soriano, big heavy hitter, guy I've doubted his whole career thus far. Brandon Allen's a guy I've, I've rallied behind his whole career. Very good on the ground, durable, tough. I like him. Follow him on social media. You know, you got a crossroads here. I believe Soriano is a big favorite. Uh, you know, early lean is Allen, if I'm being honest with you, because I like his ground game. But Soriano trains in Vegas. Him and Chris Curtis, my guy, are good friends, uh, or at least friendly in the training or whatever. And Chris has commented on some posts that Soriano is an absolute fucking stud. Um, I kind of want to see how he goes. He, he's a great striker. I kind of want to see, and he's a good wrestler as well, but I kind of want to see how he goes in deep water. 
Allen, a very confident guy. Every chance he gets, he calls out Sean Strickland. He wants that Sean Strickland fight bad, back bad. Not going to happen right now, bud. You got to you gotta start winning. He, he looked good in his last time out. He got a submission win, but that's a tough fight to call right now. Ian Hines versus Nasreen Imanov. Ian Hines is like watching fucking paint dry. I just, I just, the guy's got an interesting story, you know, life story, and they're probably going to make a movie about it, but, you know, snooze fest. And Imanov, I mean, Good striker, interesting guy, you know, low under size 85. You know, I don't know. I got a deep dive a little deeper into that. Adrian Nazareth, Randy Casa, beast of a fight. No idea why it's so low. This fight got made on Twitter by both these guys. Yanez, boxing is so crisp. Costa, a little bit unorthodox, but big, big power. Moved to Florida, which is the best thing that's happened to him. Trains at, is he at Sanford or American Top Team? I can't remember, but he's, he's at one of those gyms. Literally, this fight got made because Adrian Inez loves Dr. Pepper and Randy Costa 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 loves um, Reese's. And they're arguing which one's better. And then they were like, yeah, let's fight. Let's try to get it together. And it, it's a good matchup for both guys. I like the style matchup. Um, I think Costa Costa needs to uh, maybe try to test out Inez's ground game. Um, and then we'll see. But Inez's boxing so clean, so crisp. And it's so funny. I know three... I know a local guy, and then I've seen that last name, Costa, on TV. All three guys are fucking good-looking. Like, is that just, like, a good-looking last name? Show me a guy with that last name that's ugly. You know what I mean? I think that that, that Costa, Costa, however you pronounce it, I think that bloodline, you know, they're all probably rated to just some handsome guy back in, like, a million years ago. That's my theory. Julio Arce versus Andre Ulo. I remember Julio Arce was, like, the talk of the town. Fighting Andre Ewell, good fight. I don't know how that what's going to happen in that fight, but I'm excited. Sajar Eubanks versus uh, Elise Reed. I have no idea who uh, Elise Elsie Reed is. Have to look into it. Don't even know how to pronounce her name. And Diana Bibajic <clears throat> versus Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie likes to show off her goodies on OnlyFans. I don't have OnlyFans, but I've seen it on Reddit. So uh, I, I like Hannah Goldie. <laughs> what do you want me to say? All right, that's it. Um, we're almost at an hour here. I like to talk. I like to get, when I get going, I get going. Uh, pick them this week. Uh, go subscribe to the MMA Takes Podcast. YouTube channel video picks will be out. Um, I always Every pick them is going to be videoed, obviously. Don't do it live. Record it. Post it. Audio will be up that same night. Hopefully, it'll be out by Thursday. I got a little late last week. Anyway, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, motherfucking um YouTube. God, I'm not good at that. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.